Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to episode 8 of the No Look Past podcast presented to you by WRSPN.com. We want to thank you for tuning in. You could be listening to anything in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. I'm your host, Frank Santos, a.k.a. my mom's favorite son, who still thinks the Pelicans will make the playoffs. And I have my co-host with me today, Andy Flint. Flint, what was good? You know, I'm more excited to be here than Charles Barkley was for anybody watching the Golden State Warriors take on the Los Angeles Lakers here on Tuesday night. Barkley wanted to go yeah, so home early. What's going on? Yeah, let's start with that really quick. So we are uh, um, broadcasting on a Tuesday night. Uh, the Sunday night didn't work because Andy had to practice his sets for his volleyball team. But uh, I want to start by congratulating <laughs> the Warriors on the best start to a season at 16-0. I mean, the game is still going on midway through the first quarter, but I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to go out on a limb and give them the W already against the uh, Kobe Bryant-led Lakers. What do you think? Shout you out to Luke right? Walton. Shout out to Luke Walton. Yeah, the, That's all I got. Yeah, the winless Luke Walton. Guy, no W's on the record. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to get into the show. we got a few things for you today. We're going to start with our usual segment, our weekly segment, where we watch a team for a week and we give you our thoughts. And then we have a couple of more uh, games that we're going to play just to uh, go through the early season developments here. Um, but we are going to start with our segment while you were watching TNT. We were watching the Sacramento Kings, who had an East Coast road trip while we were watching them. They were at Atlanta, at Miami, and at Orlando. And they went 1-2 and two in the trip. Um, the only win against uh, Andy Flint's Orlando Magic, which I'm convinced is why you picked the Kings, because you just wanted to watch a Magic game. So, Andy Flint, how many, Mag- or how many Kings games did you watch, and uh, what were your impressions? I used to call all three. Um, oh, you did? Hey, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, it, was, it was kind of a bad, I don't know, it was a bad but interesting week to watch the Kings. I almost wish you would have watched them the week before when they went 3-0. and all. Um, Yeah. You know, there's there's some things, I there's definitely concerns, because I feel like this is, this is a good club. If you look down through some, or this can be a good club, if you look down through, like, some of these game logs, just, if you just breeze through the game logs, I mean, it is dominated by Boogie Cousins in the scoring column and Rajon Rondo in the assist column. And, I mean, I'm looking at the way I'm looking at it, it shows the high for the game. And these two are, like, just all over the place. So, I, I don't know. I think it starts with their, their defense. Their defense is rotten. They're, like, second worst in the league. Um, it, it's just it's nothing good. I mean, they they're giving up. Over almost 50 field goals, or almost 41 field goals a game, 108 points a Jeez. game. I mean, it's 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 bad. I mean, the only the only team playing worse defensively are the Pelicans at this point, who you just shouted out at the beginning of the of the set. Uh, but I do. I mean, yeah, there are some good things. I do like Rondo. I like what Rondo's doing. Rondo's turning out the clocks. This guy's dishing out assists like he used to in Boston. Um, I, I think they do have a lot of good players, and I think they have a couple of really good players. You know, like uh, like a Rudy Gay and a Rondo, and then they obviously have Boogie. But they need to find an identity. I just I think this team lacks a, a true identity. I don't know who they are. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a quick anecdote about my, my Sacramento Kings experience. But first, I think the best thing to describe them would be this. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I mean, it, that's got to be the, the description for the Sacramento Kings. No matter what, you are entertained. You, whether they're losing by 30 or winning by 30, it is an entertaining adventure going to a Sacramento Kings game. So 
you know, I come home on Wednesday, and, you know, I come home from work, and I, I turn on the TV, I watch the Nets lose to the Charlotte Hornets, and I thought, all right, let me let me check in on the uh, Sacramento Kings because I knew that was our homework for this week. So I turn on the game, and it's the, it's the Hawks game, and it was just the, the perfect I, – I almost didn't even watch any more Kings basketball. So I turn it on, the first possession I see I, – I don't know if you saw this. You said you caught all three of the games. So the first possession I see is the, um, the Hawks game in the third quarter when Boogie and Rudy Gay are yelling at each other while Al Horford is driving to the rim dunking and then still yelling at each other on the offensive end as Rajon Rondo drives and gets a layup and then still yelling at each other for a third possession in a row as the Hawks are running their offense, which I believe led to a Kyle Corver three. So for three possessions, they're just screaming at each other on the court. And I was just like, that, that's, this is all I need. This, this is everything I need in the Sacramento Kings, just in one in, in 20 seconds. You see, somebody lit off a... Uh like an M80 in the vicinity of Rudy and Boogie's locker, and it was just they couldn't hear each other. Oh, it wasn't because, <laughs> just it wasn't because the Marcus Cousin actually tried for once on defense in his life, and then Al Horford drove right by him, and then Rudy Gay just, you know, he sort of, like, tapped Al Horford, you know, on the way just to like, give him, like, a little, like, go, 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 Al, that's fine. Yeah, you, you just have the rim. It's all right, which is basically what You happened. know, a little – a little play on the lack of defense is, I mean, he's probably not as good of a defender anymore as he was, you know, five years ago anyway, but Rashawn Rondo doesn't need, he's not even interested in playing defense anymore at this point. I think that the rest of the team, when, when Rondo doesn't want to play defense, there's something wrong here. Nobody. It's like, I mean, Rudy Gay, I've never thought was a good defender anyway. I know he used to get a lot of steals and people kind of used to lump him into as a good defender, but he played, you know, in uh, Memphis. And I always just thought he was good at kind of shooting the gap and getting steals because of his length. But that team is god-awful defensively. Like, there's nobody on that team that I watch play defense, and I'm like, oh, that's a good defender. Ben McLemore, is, yeah. he's non-existent on D. I mean, it's it's terrible. It's a great point. And the one thing I, I wanted to bring up that I definitely noticed is the first unit and the second unit, because George Carl goes, you know, five deep in the second unit, and sometimes the bench players all play together. It's like two different teams. You know, the second unit actually likes playing with each other, and the the ball movement between the first unit and the second unit is it's ridiculous. I mean, obviously Rondo moves the ball for the first unit, but once you get that ball in Boogie's hands or in Rudy Gay's hands, it's just sort of like everybody moves out of the way, and it's just you know one verse four. And you know that, but that second unit they love moving the ball. Collison is is obviously a, a good, I think, a starting caliber point guard in this league. Even though Rondo is playing at a, at a great level. I mean, obviously playing for a new contract, and it definitely shows triple-double threat every single night. But the the first unit and the second unit are just two com- – Yeah. yeah it's just 20 assists. It's two- he, he had 20 assists uh, on the game that after the week. We were, I think it was last night, Monday. Cause they yeah, went and, he, and he had 18 two games before against Miami. So, yeah. I mean, like, come on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But the, the main question, I mean, I think you can't talk about the Sacramento Kings without talking about Boogie and – I think I've gotten to this point with Boogie, and I'm curious if you have as well. So I will just pose this question. Mike Singletary will pose this question for me. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I think he might be there. I think he might be there. What do you, <laughs> it's hard what do you to think? argue against. It's hard to argue against at this point. I mean, I'll never say never unless it's involving a, a white point guard, but I, I just I don't – I don't want to sell him off on this notion this quickly 
But, I mean, it, it's starting to look that way. I, I think, you know, we've talked about this a hundred times, Frank, the – the right situation, I think. The, I think it's child gloves with Boogie. He needs to be in that position. And the Rudy Gay thing to me is just the. I've never understood it. I've never understood why those two were paired on the same team. I, I didn't know how that was going to work. We talked about the Rondo thing, although I kind of think the Rondo thing's working. It's just the rest of, of everything else isn't working. And, you know, you had the whole uh, George Carl thing, the spat. I, I don't know. I, it's, I'm on the boat. I'm, I'm on the fence, Frank. You know, it's going to take a lot for me to, to jump off. Yeah, to, to abandon Boogie, I know you are. Um, this was not related to what we watched, but I actually watched the Kings last week because they were playing the Nets. And there was, in that Nets game, I think Boogie scored, I think he had a 23-point third quarter. And towards the end, he played the whole third quarter, and there was like a minute left. And he was not even getting down. That's the other thing about Boogie I wanted to bring up is if he gets a turnover, if he doesn't agree with a foul call, there was one possession, I think it was in the Heat game or the Magic game, where there was like nine seconds left in the shot. He he turned the ball over. He thought it was a foul, and the, the Magic were running a set, and there was like nine seconds left in the shot clock before he got back on defense. And he was at the three-point line. He wasn't even back in position. He just got to that end of the floor. So there, that was happening in the Nets game because he was just exerting so much energy on offense, and then uh, George Carl takes him out. And he is just livid. Like, Boogie is just – won't even come out of the game. Won't won't walk to the bench and then just walks right past George Carl. No eye contact. And just mouths for everybody to see with the camera. You've got to be bleeping kidding me. And it was just like, this is this team is a disaster. What is going on here? He needs, he needs a big brother, a mentor. Like, remember <laughs> – he needs an after-school program. I don't know. Somebody needs to get Boogie Cousins some finger paint or some, I, <laughs> something, man. He needs he needs Jesus. I don't know. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, you brought, you brought up the, the best point, whereas you need somebody, at least one person that wants to actually play defense. I mean, that team has nobody. I mean, Willie Cauley-Stein is probably the best defensive player on that team. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that that's accurate, which is well, bad. terrible. Uh, any closing thoughts on the Kings? Do you think you think Boogie lasts the season? You think he's going to stay there? And uh, I hope so, not. I, think it was, I, uh, I need Barkley. him somewhere else. Yeah, I think it was either Charles Barkley or Kenny Smith said that they thought uh, the Kings were like a fringe playoff team, and I I, I think we both what? clearly disagree. Yeah, I, they no, said it like no, last but... week on Inside the NBA. Yeah, it was, I it mean was they've, they've lost they've lost three or four. They won three before that, but they were on like a six-game losing streak prior to that. They're five and ten. I, a fringe in the West? Did, did they move to the East? That's what they said. That's what they said. Well, I mean, you know, the West, what? like that that eight seed in the West is going to be sort of a weird. You know, that eight seed in the West is sort of a little wide open. Um, it's not going to be weird enough Maver- to be the Kings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I, but I certainly enjoyed yeah. it. I mean, I was I was entertained. I was certainly entertained as I thought I would be. Uh, but we are going to move on from the Kings, and we are going to go into our next segment. But before we do, we want to let you know we are also brought to you by sports-kings.com, where you can find all the latest breaking news, videos, and gossip in the sports world. Visit sports-kings.com slash pass the pill specifically to find all your hoops needs. Again, that's sports-kings.com. So, Andy, we are going to go – our next segment is basically, you know, we're 15 games in now, roughly, even though so, – so, the Wizards have only played like 10 games. Everybody else is playing about 14, which is weird. Uh, but weird thing I saw the other day. But we're about 15 games in roughly for most teams. And, you know, some teams have gotten off to hot, to hot starts. But obviously, 
you know, the playoff picture like we see it now is not the playoff picture that we are going to see at the end of the season. So we are going to play a game inspired by the great Jay-Z of... Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I'm stepping my game up here with the audio. So which team currently over 500 or in the playoff picture that both apply <laughs> are, do you not believe in? Who needs more people, Andy? Do you know that I immediately thought I was going to go with a team from the East, and I even had a couple in mind, but this team in the West stood out more to me. Uh, probably has something to do with who I picked to be a disappointing team at the beginning of the season. I'm talking to you, currently sitting in third place in the West, the Dallas Mavericks at 9-5. and five. Yeah. I don't see it long term, and I mean, I can tell you why. And, and the first thing that jumped off the, the paper to me is the teams they've beaten. I, I mean, the Suns, the Lakers, the Pelicans, uh, the Lakers, the Sixers, the Celtics. I mean, I, the Celtics are decent. The Jazz, they beat. They're a decent team. Um, the Rockets and the Clippers. But the, with the, the interesting thing I saw with the Rockets and the Clippers is people argue, you know, the Rockets and the Clippers are both going to be there at the end, but they're playing bad basketball right now. And, you know, it, it's – I'm always a little wary of these teams that are beating bad teams or beating teams who are playing poorly, and they're doing a little bit of both. And I just – I don't believe in their off season. I don't believe in, you know, Dirk holding up over the, the long season. I – I just don't see it for Dallas. I feel like, especially at nine and five, it's such fool's gold to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to think that Dirk at some point is going to need to rest. I mean, he's not going eighty-two. So, and that team without Dirk isn't interesting. I, I'm not sure where. I mean, they run so much stuff through Dirk even now still uh, that it, I, I don't know what they're going to do when he misses. Even the NFL, more so you know. sometimes. Yeah, even more know, so than they used to. Games. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing, because I almost picked the Mavericks as well, is, as, as much as I hate to say it, I mean, D- Darren Williams is playing a very good point guard position for them, but he's also playing 35 minutes a game. And somebody that has extensive experience with Darren Williams, I can tell you that an ankle is going to roll sooner rather than later. I mean, it's just <laughs> going to happen. The guy rolls an ankle. You know, if he plays more than 10 games in a row, an, an ankle is going to roll. So, I mean, it, it's just going to happen. That's just the way he plays basketball for all the time I've seen him play basketball. So how I'm is he thirty one the numbers there? Yeah, I know. Do you remember like is that the silliest conversation? The Darren Williams or Chris Paul thing? That has to be like the, the worst conversation we ever had. It, it, I mean oh. and I, I actually I thought it was a legitimate discussion, but it's clearly not a legitimate discussion. No. And that maybe no. it never was. Was yeah, I'm not sure. It it was. It was. It was it, there. It was, right? See it was my my theory on, on Darren is I just think his type of game, because the NBA evolved so quickly, you know, to, to what it is now, and I just think his type of game sort of got phased out rather quickly because he can't, he's not really a good finisher at the rim, and he's not a great three-point shooter. I mean, he can hit the three for sure, um, but he's, I would say he's an average three-point shooter, and you put those things together and you, you, just, can't, you just can't last in, in the league now because you have to be able to finish at the rim against these shot, you know, these shot blockers and absorb contact, and that's just his weakest point. Or or you have to be something different. Like, to, the thing to me is Chris Paul will never get the amount of respect that Chris Paul deserves to get because he played he, – he kind of was the, the point guard who stepped out, along with Darren Williams, you know, because they, they came in at the same time. They kind of stood out as point guards because we were relying – there was the wing guys. I mean, you had the LeBron was in the – you know, had come in the league, uh, Carmelo – 
and you still had Kobe dominating and things like that. We were looking at wing guys, and then we started looking at these two, but then all of a sudden there was like 65 good point guards. And it just erupted. Right. So I think I think though I think Chris Paul's ability to kind of ride the wave and just be that good of a passer and a floor general to survive because he's not like these other guys. I mean, these guys that are playing now, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, these guys, Chris Paul's not you know, he's not the explosive athlete. He's just a an intelligent, good point guard and, and I think that'll get overlooked. Jeez, Absolutely. I just went on a Chris so, uh... Paul spiel. Yeah, you did. I was I was wondering if you needed some alone time there. But uh, just uh, before I get into my team, just a, a quick update on the uh, Warriors currently leading 34-13 and Cody Bryant to terrible <laughs> three. So I'm going to go out of limit again and say that they might win this game. So uh, my team was, I almost went with the Dallas Mavericks, but I decided to go with an East team. I went with the Charlotte Hornets, who are currently 8-6, and six, but like your case, I mean, you're, you're talking about who they beat. The last five Charlotte wins are the Knicks, the Blazers, the Nets, the Sixers, and our beloved Sacramento Kings all at home. So they beat all those teams yeah. in their arena. So, I mean, that's you're not exactly exuding a bunch of confidence that you're going to be, you know, a good team. They haven't played very many West Coast teams yet. They did have an impressive two-win stretch. They beat the Bulls and they beat the Mavericks. I actually watched both of those games when they happened. They were relatively early in the season. And they were both fluky kind of games. Like that Bulls game, they were up like 30 in the second quarter or something like that. And it was just never a game. It was just one of those those quirky games. And then the Mavericks game was just a really bad Dirk Nowitzki game. So, the, I mean, I don't want to say they got lucky because obviously they did win the game. Al Jefferson had a huge game that game against the Mavericks. But, you know, obviously the wins aren't very impressive. And Nick Batum's off to a great start. But is that really sustainable? I mean, I'm not sure, you know, how good of a player Nick Batum still is in this league. And, you know, Al Jefferson is probably due – for it, you know, he usually doesn't play 82 games. I'm not, I'm not, a, I found that I'm not a crazy Kemba Walker fan either. He, I, I just feel like he, he bogs down the offense way too much. And I mean, I think, well, I think he's going to regress. Pure score. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they're going to regress into the 35 win team I project them to be, which isn't terrible, but I just don't think they're, you know, a playoff. They might be. They might be in the ballpark if they win 35, knowing this Eastern Conference. <laughs> uh, you, you know, know I East, almost. I almost picked Charlotte. The East is I do. It's a little, yeah. The East is low key a little. You know, they might be pretty deep. The East this year. I think the the eight seed might be like a five hundred team. They have like a bunch. Of, they have the Cavs, which are the best team, obviously, and then they have like maybe nine or ten like average, mediocre, good teams. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think they have, they have like eight or nine teams that would get swept in the first round if they played in the West. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, but they're going to be, you know, they might be 38 to 40 win teams in the East. So, I mean, I think the AC might actually have a pretty decent record this season. And, you know, you you were talking about uh, the six foot eight, 200-pound soaking wet Nick Batum who likes to punch dudes <laughs> in the junk. You know, I, th- I will say this about Nick Batum. He seems like he's way older than 26. He seems like he was like the old vet on that Blazers team to me for some reason. 
and he's yeah, 26. Yeah, he definitely does because I don't believe I don't believe you that he's 26. Even though I'm sure you you researched it before you you said it out on the air. But I I'm, I'm looking at it right now. You know, I had to look at because I, I I haven't really caught many Charlotte games, and I keep forgetting about Nick Fatum even being there. I forgot he was like adios, Damian Lillard. And I mean, you Damian Lillard really has to do something disrespectful to make you go play in Charlotte. But I mean, for a different time. I just want to really quickly. I mean. He's averaging 17 points, four assists, and six rebounds a game. Who is this guy? This is not the Nicholas Batum I know. It's 26. <laughs> is, is he like? Is he hitting the prime of his career right now? I mean, what's going on? You, you, you might be right, and you, you bring up a great. I thought point. he was going to really retire in three years. You really got to be a bad teammate for somebody to say, you know what I want to do? I want to go play with Jeremy Lin in Charlotte. That's that, that's what I want to <laughs> do with my life. So you really, there's got to be something up with you. All right, we're going to move on. So we're going to play a little game. Um, it's it's sort of a, you know, a, a playoff buy or sell, you know, a popular game that, you know, a lot of uh, podcasts play. You know, PTI obviously is a, a huge buy or sell thing. Um, but in the interest of the No Look Pod, pod No Look Pass podcast name, we're going to, you know, a pass can only end one of two ways in the in the box score in the NBA. A good way, which is the assist or the bad way, which is the turnover. So we're going to play a game of assist or turnover, and we're going to start with the Rockets firing Kevin McHale and the assist or turnover. What do you think of this move? Well, that's an assist because, I mean, you actually – I'm going to take the words right out of your mouth. You said McHale was in over his head, and I I agree. I don't think he ever did anything to convince me that he was much better than just having James Harden as his best player. Yeah, so I did send that to you. I said, you know, I always thought he was over his head. And I do completely believe that I don't think Kevin McHale is a good coach. But I am going turnover on this one only because I am not a huge fan of firing coaches in season. I feel like you've made your bed already in season, especially, you know, through 12 games. So you sort of just have to let this ride out. It's not like J.B. Bickerstaff is going to come in and, like, turn this team into a 60-win team. So I think you almost have to, you know, let it ride out, and then in the off season make the move so you can implement a new system with a new coach and all that stuff. But I agree that he's not a good coach. But I, I still go turnover on that one. So the next one is uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis, a.k.a. the Porzingod, a.k.a. Uh, Nick Stapps, a.k.a. you know, 3-6 Latvia, which is the best one I've heard. Uh, so assist or turnover, Andy, uh, Christoph Porzingis is the best thing to happen in the NBA in the last 60 years. No, I'm kidding. Uh, is Christoph Porzingis I, the real deal? That is the question. I mean, that's that's like uh, Jason Kidd dropping dimes. That's an assist, baby. I, I, I liked him coming in. I feel like the only people who didn't really like this kid coming, because all you had to do was – uh, pull one of those things where you watch a bunch of YouTube videos and like you were, you would always say you fall in your old love with the, with these guys. But uh, I liked it. Knicks fans were the only ones that didn't like it. Knicks fans hated it, and now they love him. I mean, fourteen and nine block shots. His PER is hovering around twenty. Uh, I think yeah, I think he's a real deal. And he's seven three. How big is this kid gonna be? Yeah, so I I am also going assist, but I will say that the fact that he is seven three sort of scares me because I always feel like big tall guys like that can never stay healthy just because it's very unnatural what you know what they do is you know you even saw like a Yao Ming where he was a great player but it's just a, a weird unorthodox thing for a human being seven six to be running up and down a basketball floor so I think eventually you're and he moves run. he can yeah, move he too does, like he, he moves badly. Yeah, so I want to actually defend Knicks fans for a second, which is weird for me as a Nets fan. 
So I don't think all Knicks fans, for one, I don't think all Knicks fans should be lumped into the the New York City draft crowd, the NBA draft crowd, as they all booing him. <laughs> Plus, I think there's a perfectly legitimate reason to boo him on draft day. I mean, nobody knows who this guy is. You know, you have a bunch of good players, you know, guys that we have seen be good players in the NBA, you know, like a Moody A or a Justice Winslow. Those guys are all on the table, and you draft this unknown kid. So I understand it. I understand why they booed. But, but that's you know, the they do problem. We, there's too many fans who, you know, it's fine if you don't really want to do your homework on a player, but then you've also forfeited the right to go boo the pick if you know nothing. I mean, uh, I guess it's the American dream. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the, it's the you paid your money so you could do whatever you want theory, which I don't completely buy. But <laughs> So we are going to move on. Our last one is the Golden State Warriors, who are uh, 16-0. and 0. We're just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, 16-0. The 16-0 Golden State Warriors, will they win 70 games, Andy, assist or turnover? No, in, in true haterade fashion, I'm I'm turning the ball over. People are going to hate it. I know it's the, the fun wave to ride. I'm enjoying the 41-21 to 21 whooping they're putting on the Lakers right now, and they are incredible to watch, but I just think the Western Conference is so good. And like uh, Kenny Smith was saying before the game, it's hard. You, once you lose a game, you start to think that, you know, we've still got 60-some games to go. It, it, I, I feel like once the bubble starts to get popped, it, it's not hard for the whole thing to burst. And before you know it, you could be on a tough Western uh, Western road trip there and you end up losing, you know, two, three, maybe four games. And, you know, I think those things hurt in overall, if, if your aspirations are to win 70, 72 games. 72. Why would they want to win 72? Yeah, I'm I'm also going turnover. Michael Carter Williams on a fast break, just a complete turnover. Um, I just think you know they have bigger aspirations. So once they once they lose you know three out of four, two out of three, they're just going to start you know resting guys, which is what they should do because they're a championship contender. So what are they worried about you know a regular season record for? That's just my uh, that's how I feel. I think they're so going to win it all. I mean, I'm, I'm to the point where I think they're they're the best team in the league easily. I think that at this point they should win the finals. But 70 games, that's yeah, the thing mean, is, it's, it's just it's not the close. odds are so against it. Yeah, I mean, it's not close at this point. Obviously, the only the only really wild card is going to be when Kyrie Irving comes back for the Cavs. I mean, I think that's the only really thing missing from the season so far that would give you any hesitation towards picking the Warriors to win the NBA championship. So we are going to end the show as we do um, every week with our fantasy segment, the stud and scrub of the week. Andy, who is your stud in fantasy basketball for the last week? My stud was one Sir Brandon Knight of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Not necessarily, he didn't have the best week, but I, I do like to shout the guy out. I've been going with some easier ones lately. 24 points, uh, six assists, five rebounds. And, you know, he's, I mean, he's making almost three threes per game over the last week. I, I think he's uh, done a heck of a job. And if you got him on your team, you're you're getting the dividends now. I mean, he's probably like a third, fourth rounder. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought up Brandon Knight because I will announce right now that our team to watch for next week, or while you watch the TNT segment, is going to be the Phoenix Sun. So I will announce that now. Um, and Brandon Knight's a great pick. And I'm I'm curious to watch that backcourt, which might – maybe be the best backcourt in the NBA. I don't know. It, it, it's going to be up for debate. So I went a little easier. I went with Russell Westbrook, who, without Kevin Durant last week, just went into complete 2014 yellow mode. 
and had two 40-plus point games and is quietly averaging over 10 assists this season early on. So shout out to you, Russell Westbrook, even though I am labeled the Russell Westbrook hater, but it's only because I'm put into juxtaposition against your, you know, your agent over there on the, on the other end of the phone here. <laughs> so I am labeled the hater, but uh, I respect you, Russell Westbrook. I respect the, uh, the 40-foot jump shot that you take, you know, on the fast break. It's all good. Keep doing your thing. No Andy, fear. Who is your scrub? Scrub of the week. This hurts my heart, man. It it, it hurt my fantasy team, is which is why I'm bringing it up. Uh, Victor Oladipo, where are you? Oh no! What you happened? Went, you went against your boy. I'm about to go further against him here soon. Uh, the last week, he's down to 24 minutes a game, um, seven points. Uh, <laughs> Shooting twenty percent from deep, shooting a lot of shots. I mean, going. I I just don't know, Victor. You got to step it up, man. You're killing me. Yeah, who who would have thought he'd get some tough love from Scott Skiles? Twenty four minutes a game. That's that's pretty bad. I didn't even realize that was going on. Uh, my scrub of the week is somebody that I am always low on, Michael Carter Williams, who only had one game scoring in double digits this week, uh, and in that game he had no assists. So I don't know if you know this about Michael Carter-Williams, but he's a point guard. So normally when you're a point guard, you want to actually have assists. That's sort of part of your part of your job there. So Michael Carter-Williams, the 2019 Turkish runner-up for MVP. Uh, step your step your game up. Step your game up. I and mean, Tim Duncan doesn't people. always get rebounds. Tim Duncan doesn't always get rebounds. <laughs> that is a great analogy. <laughs> that is a great analogy to to end the show because. I think Michael Carter Williams will be the Tim Duncan of the Turkish Basketball League in 2019. He's going to be the best player. <laughs> so we're, uh, this has been the weekly episode of the No Look Pass podcast. Uh, we're going to be at you with our normal uh, day and time, Sunday at 6.30 next week. We're going to take you on the journey around the NBA, but we are going to end like we always do with the great philosopher Jason Williams, who once probably thought basketball is like last fall at the bar. Sometimes it's better to pass without looking. And with that, we bid you good night.